What's going on, you guys? Welcome to another episode of Fortis Worldwide. I'm your host, Nate Roboto, and today on the podcast, we got my good friend, Gary Brewer. What's going on, man? How are you? Good, man. What's up? Not much. Uh, so we have an awesome episode planned for you guys today. Uh, before we get started, I want to do a quick shout out to uh, the sponsor of Fortis Worldwide, and that is Trash Panda Tactical. Remember, you guys, Trash Panda Tactical makes these really cool bullet pens out of recycled uh, spent 308 shells. Uh, they have a bunch of different colors and different like styles and whatnot that they get powder coated and they sell them right on their website. They'll ship them right to you. Make sure you guys get those holiday orders in now so that way they get here in time for Christmas. I'm pretty sure if you order this week, they'll still get it out um, and get it to you guys before Christmas. Also, make sure you guys check out their other products that they offer. They have a cool dump tray where you can kind of put all your things so it's not scattered around your house. Um, we love ours here at my apartment and they also have some cool apparel that they just launched as well. So be sure to head to their website, trashpandatactical.com or their Instagram at trashpandatactical. And also when you guys find some cool gear, be sure to use the discount code Fortis worldwide at checkout and you're going to save 10% on your order. So, uh, before we get started, we have a little gift for you here from trash Panda tactical. So we try and give every guest a gift from them um so thing comes in like be, a little gun case too yep. so that's pretty cool it's got a little it. it's kind of like an actual like gun case but there you go there you go there you go yeah it's pretty badass we went with the we went with the Damn. traditional brass looks good the gun case is awesome that it comes in oh yeah i should definitely look at ordering one of these a the little gun case is pretty cool yeah so yeah, and they have all that stuff available, you guys, on their website. Be sure to check them out. Make super good gifts for pretty much anyone um, as long as they need a writing utensil. Um, so we're going to go ahead and jump into the podcast, you guys. Uh, Gary is one of my good friends and a training partner of mine. He's also an elite powerlifter um, and pretty competitive powerlifter and has a accomplished powerlifting coaching career as well. He has coached many athletes uh, to some pretty big totals, and we're going to get into that a little bit later. Uh, today, we're going to be discussing how Gary got into powerlifting and uh, some of his personal accomplishments, his coaching philosophy, and then also what he's doing to continue to grow the sport. So, um, And he's doing a lot even in this weird time of 2020, uh, still getting after it, trying to grow the sport of powerlifting because oddly enough, there's still a lot of people that are still trying to get jacked and tan even in 2020. Um, so anyways, uh, I wanted to start off and just kind of ask you like why exactly you started powerlifting or like how you got into it when you first, you know, found out like, okay, yeah, I'm pretty strong or like, how did you get into it? So I legitimately got into powerlifting, uh, about 10 years ago, had an old back injury and some other injuries. Um, there's 26 going on 27 and they wanted to do like a two level spinal fusion on me. Um. So we saw the second opinion, yep. and uh, the, other doc- like hurt. the other doctor said, uh, you're way too young for the surgery. Let's uh, let's figure out something else and start strengthening our back and our you know everything that supports our lumbar spine. Yeah. Um, so luckily the doctor that I saw at the time was a lifter, so he was like, oh, I, I recommend you start doing this type of lifting, you know, like you know, work your way into it. Don't just go in there and go heavy, you know, like anyone else. Just strengthen everything. So, yeah. so that's kind of what I started doing. Um, you know, I was in the military, so I was more upper body, bench press, doing arms all the time, shoulders. Uh, I started throwing the occasional deadlift in there to start strengthening everything. And uh, 
dude at the gym just said, oh, man, you got a pretty good deadlift. Like, you ever thought about doing a meet? And I was like, no, not really. So I don't know a whole lot about powerlifting or anything like that. And uh, crazy thing, like, literally maybe a month or two after that, I, like, went home on Christmas leave. I was driving down the interstate, um, going back from Fort Benning to Memphis, where I was originally from. I passed a Southern Powerlifting Federation trailer. So I was like, oh, that trailer looks badass. Oh, SPS. Yeah, I was like, that, that trailer looks badass. So let me let me Google these, you know. Let me yeah, Google. Yeah. So I Googled it and uh, signed up for my first meet, not really knowing what I was getting into. And uh, I just kind of went from there. Um, awesome. Um, and so basically you originally got it after a recommendation from your doctor. Yeah. That's crazy. From an injury, yeah. That's so awesome. That was, um, and so once you first got into it, did you like – uh, have like a coach or something like that, or did you just kind of like go into the gym and lift heavy? You knew like, all right, I got a squat, I got a bench, I got a deadlift, I'm gonna do all those three things. Or did you do it like? How did you so, first start out training? I legitimately didn't have any clue what I was getting into when I signed up for powerlifting. I knew it was full power. And also, what was your first total, if you remember? And my first total was 1175. All right. Uh, bench or I squatted 340. I benched 335, and I pulled 500. My first me. <laughs> uh, Starting 500 pull. But I didn't I didn't know what I was getting into. You know, I signed up, I Googled a place, and back then, like, I Googled Southern Powerlifting Federation, and this was, shit, almost 10 years ago. Go, right? So they didn't have, like, in SPF, I don't know if they do now. I haven't done a meet for theirs in so long. But they don't have, like, online entry forms, oh. uh, like nowadays. You got to, like, so fax them in? Went there, <laughs> found a meet, and you printed off a meet. Printed off a meat thing and you send in a money order or cash <laughs> wrapped in your uh like in an envelope in your yeah in an envelope and you <laughs> mailed it to him that's how you got the meat so uh all right i just checked full power checked you know yeah yeah raw you know what it was and uh mailed it in and i had no clue i was even supposed to be squatting at this meet and of course like <laughs> i said i was in the military so i ran all the time you know i was uh well, actually time i wasn't <laughs> running because i was coming off that injury and i was on like a permanent running <laughs> profile for the military Toby. so Toby wants to be part of the podcast. We literally, you know, I did bench press, deadlifts, things of that nature. Um, but I didn't have a program. I just did like bro lifting. I'd go in there and I'd warm up and then I'd hit like a set of 10 at 225, a set of, you know, 8 at 275. Then I'd do like a right. set of 6 at 285 and like tear it down until I would like hit a top single for the day every time I went in the gym. So you're doing just like. Just shitload of reps. <laughs> yeah, just and bro, then a top single. Just, just bro repping. And I was like, <laughs> working, we'd like tier 10, 8, 6, 4, 2, 1. Yeah. And just tear up to whatever we could hit for the day. Um, of course, sometimes we'd miss like the 10 or the 6. You know, like yeah, it yeah, wasn't yeah. set like you had to hit it because we had, you know, at this time I didn't think about percentages. I was in the gym with my army boys yeah, and we were just, just bro lifting, up. you know. Uh, deadlifts, I literally went there about every other week and pulled a heavy single leading up to my competition. Um, and that's it. And that was it. I. Had not squatted, definitely had not squatted to depth. Like, <laughs> uh, luckily it was SPF that I showed up. Yep. To, so, <laughs> you showed up uh, at the right. It's pretty uh, legit. Like I showed up and they like had the big monolith set up, and I was like, "Oh, well, what the fuck's going on?" They're like, "Oh, uh, well, you got to squat and all yeah, this no stuff." And I was like, uh, "I was like, no." Well, I mean, I had a pair of uh, they were Tommy Knox's TKO knee sleeves. They're like these cheap neoprene rubber like mixture that they yeah, rip. Yeah. You, you know, you squat in them, they rip it right away. They're like thirty bucks. <laughs> um, that's awesome. So I had those and I squatted in them. Or I did my first two squat attempts in them. Uh, and like my second squat attempt, I was like, oh, that's really heavy. Like I wasn't prepared for it at all. Right. And then some guy in the audience was like, oh, I got some wraps, throw them on. You'll, you'll squat more. 
So I threw wraps on. So you hit sleeves first. <laughs> yeah. Then two, wraps. Hit two, two attempts in sleeves, and I threw some wraps on for my third. And, of course, I missed it because, you know, the dude wrapped me so tight. I, you couldn't even, you know, like, get I couldn't down. even do anything. <laughs> so I missed that. And then uh, bench went pretty good for the day. Uh, I think I went three for three, if I remember, and hit the 335. And then deadlift side, you know, worked up to – I pulled 495 in the gym. Yeah. So I was like, oh, my last attempt will be 500. You know, like right. hit a small PR. I had no idea how to pick attempts. No idea how to do anything. Right. Um, and I actually met a guy that was – I was at Fort Benning at the time, and this meet was in uh, Salem, Alabama, okay. I believe. And uh, met a guy that was at Fort Benning. So then that – I picked up with him and started training. And, you know, my first training experience was with him, like someone that had power to was an older dude. Okay. Um Trade with him for a little bit, doing like some West Side barbell stuff. Um, he was big, big in the conjugate, but he was a single ply and multi ply lifter. Okay. Um, so he, you know, suited up and all that stuff, and it just became tedious for me because he wanted to work out in his garage because he didn't want to do all the stuff on base. Right. And then I lucked into, uh, I was an instructor at Fort Benning. This one day, like I had a crazy schedule. I probably worked, you know, 70, 80 hours a week. And I would just literally, like, we'd have students in the field or something like that, and I'd get in a gov truck and shoot back to the gym for an hour or something like that. And I met a guy, uh, Dave Ramsey, not like the famous one. He's a small, right. a small, skinny, small skinny black guy that was uh, part of the All-Army powerlifting team when they had it. Yeah, yeah. But uh, So I started training with him, and he was friends with Steve Goggins, who is you know big in the USPA. Yeah. You know, first man to squat 1,100 pounds. So he knew Steve, and Steve was in Atlanta, so we started getting training with Steve, and we had a pretty good group of guys. Um, so early on, you were surrounded, like, you luckily got surrounded by I got by surrounded some by some really good guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, That's uh, awesome. You know, from my first meet, I went with a guy that was big in the west side, so I trained that. And then, you know, Steve Goggins has his own theories on training, you know, and basically why I'm kind of like a, why I'm a high-hip puller, because he's a big high-hip pull guy. and Right. Um, so you were able to build, like, in the beginning, you were able to build off of – um, you know, you're obviously natural strength, but then you had some people to kind of like direct yeah. that natural strength. Yeah, yeah. So you're not just like in the gym pulling <laughs> yeah. singles. I had or some guys that like give me some direction, uh, you know, cues and coaching and like getting my form right. Not that my squat, my, I mean, it's my always, squ- a, everyone's always yeah, trying to get better form. Uh, you, know? you know, people, you know, for the longest time I had like this good morning squat, but you know, honestly, like Steve Goggins, I don't know if, you know, like a lot of people, don't yeah. know who he is really as far as like being the first man to squat 1100 pounds yeah. he, you know pulled 900 pounds he's hell he's pulled 800 pounds since he had hip replacement you know like the dude's an animal you yeah, know he's, he's a beast uh kind of an asshole if you don't know him but <laughs> when, when you get to know him he has just like that you know that uh demeanor where like you kind of don't want to approach him and talk to him but once you yeah yeah get in with him and actually like, start, all right yeah, this yeah, guy's yeah. actually pretty cool <laughs> so uh pretty cool dude but he's a big good modern squatter and he always told me oh don't worry about it don't worry about it until you, it, like if you're not hurting like i mean some, then, you dude, know some he's like your body mechanics people, are that way you know yeah some of the strongest people squat that way uh stan efforting like yeah. everyone you know that dude he literally like I, I used to watch you know videos when i was first starting out lifting and like you know i'd watch videos with him and mark bell and he's literally like he's like yeah all right once you get to the bottom of the squat drive your hips back towards the wall <laughs> like he literally wants you to like use yeah. your, like good morning on purpose almost so that's definitely like uh, a style, whatever, yeah. if you will. But it sounds like you created like a good base. You didn't just start out like lifting heavy every single day. Yeah, like no. you had, you luckily had like the foresight basically to like do some reps, build on, you know, pack on some actual muscle. I feel like a lot of people these days get into powerlifting. And they're just like, all right, so I'm just training for singles. So I'm just going to do singles. Yeah. It's like, oh, are you doing any like accessory work? Oh, no, no. It's just what's on the platform, you know, squat, bench, and deadlift. And yeah. it's like, 
if you just do that, like, uh, here's a newsflash, your body's going to break probably in like a year. Like, yeah, it don't take, I mean, that's what I mean, you, you yes. got to build that muscle and, and even like strengthening, like ligaments, tendons, stuff like that. Like those don't really get strengthened with like, you know, repeated, like one rep. Yeah, attempts, definitely not. You know what I mean, like you got to do that over time. I was actually talking to like one of the lifters that I coached last night. Cause he sent me uh that Jamal guy. I think you sent me the video too. He pulled like a. He like an eight fifty pause pull or something like that. Oh, yeah. You know, and the, that didn't and this, and this kid just started training with me and uh you know, he's got like a six eleven pull, he's under me, you know, so he's yeah. not not strong. His first meet pulled six eleven. Yeah. He's like, Oh, what do I gotta do and take to be the, do this? I was like, Well, one, this kid's <laughs> this been training for a while, you know, free, you haven't yeah. been training a while and like two, like yeah, I get it. He might may or may not be on gear, but you can jump on that stuff. Your longevity in the sport's not going to be there. Like yep. you're, you're still in your twenties. You don't need that crap. Well, like, and that dude, the Jamal Browner, he is uh, his background. He's like a exercise science major. So like he's definitely been in the yeah, gym yeah, working he's been out for it, yeah. years. Like even if he just happened upon powerlifting, like in the past, let's just say five years, and it's like, oh, he did that in five years. That's not really five years. Like yeah. if he like if he was working out for ten years before then, then that's fifteen yeah. years that he's been working out. Like I feel like a lot of people sometimes they're just like, you know, that you know, if someone's been working out for a while or training or competing even like as an athlete, and then they just find powerlifting and they just happen to deadlift six hundred like their first like yeah. that's not really they just happen to do that. They've been training their body in many different ways, whatever, like They've been gaining strength, and then they are applying it to powerlifting. Yeah, you know absolutely, I mean? yeah. And, I and that's think- kind of like people had the misconception, like, I don't know why I was just accepting. I'm, like, built for deadlifts, I suppose. So yeah. that was just a lift that came pretty natural to me. But, like. I'm built for nothing. As far as, like, bench press go, like, my first meet, I think I was, like, two, 211 or 213. And I was, like, low 200 pounds, you know. Um, I spent most of my time running and working upper body, you know, like, I. I was on the boxing team. In you the run army. now? No, no. <laughs> definitely don't run now. But I was on the boxing team in the Army, and I worked upper body all the time. Chest, shoulders, arms. You know, like yep. you're trying to look jacked, you know, and I ran a long ways all the time. That's it. Uh, and we walked a lot and shit like that. That's all but, you need. Uh, and then you got like, so I mean, 335 at 200 pounds for your first meet on a bench press I was pretty good. You know, That's not balls, bad. Um, I mean, it took bench, me forever yeah. to bench over 300. And then, like, when I started getting into training, like, you know, like you were saying, like, people that just jump into these meets, like Jamal, like some of these kids that come out of nowhere, they've been training for years. They don't not know what they're doing. Yep. And they've they've built strength. And I had upper body-wise to that point. And then I started focusing on squat and deadlift a lot more. And then I actually pulled back what I was kind of doing is benching because I was bent. you know, I was – my frequency on bench was so much more – because I was doing upper body like every other day, you know. So right. I was, my frequency was a lot higher. So my bench kind of dropped. didn't drop off, but it kind of didn't make the progress my other lifts had did. You know, like my squat was jumping 40, 60 pounds. Yeah, I got you. You know, deadlift the same. But my bench, you know, I, I blew up to like a 360, 380 bench, and I was stuck there for years, years. Right. You know, and uh, then, I, you know, when I finally broke the 400 market, 400, you know, I hit that 402, then I hit 418, then 424, then 435, and then it just – 435 for like three years you know it's just yeah. uh and i think i think that's kind of like a testament to like your consistency and that's something else i want to talk about is like i feel like a lot of people um maybe underestimate consistency and also working through injury and or setbacks so like you know just because your bench wasn't growing like how you want it to doesn't mean you're just like all right well i guess i'm done lifting like yeah. you know it's like i feel like there's always going to be obstacles and you know, you always got to find 
like ways around things. You know what I mean? I, I yeah. think like being consistent over years and years and years, which you've done, you know what I mean? It's a good example of like, you've been doing this for 10 years and then I'm going to just ballpark and say that you probably trained every single week for the past 10 years, give or take yeah. after a meet or whatever. But like, you know what I mean? Like that's a long, that doesn't, you know, Oh yeah. Like five times a week, whatever for a few years, like, you add that up. That's a lot of hours yeah. you spend. Like you know, you're spending under the bar, and you know now you're deadlifting. I think your biggest deadlift competition, right? Seven fifty plus, right? It was my, my best in a sanction. Me is seven fifty six, and I so pulled seven sixty five at King of the Beach. Hell yeah! Um, so you know, you started out five hundred, and now you're at mid sevens. And then the real question is, when are you going to pull eight hundred? I mean, that's been the. Question. <laughs> you see that? Yeah. You see Hayden Willis? <laughs> yeah. Oh. I mean, that's the question. Like, and that's what you're talking about consistency. Like, and it gets harder the longer you're in it because you know I got guys, you know, uh, David, Devin. Like these kids are just they're genetic freaks. You know, the yeah. first time David lifted with me, then he started like a 400 bench. He started or 405 bench. Yeah. So like his 405 for reference. Yeah. I might not bet. Like I might if I bet 405, it would be like for one, yeah. maybe one time. <laughs> like he literally. His first day, like he benched four or five his first day in the gym. Well, not that that was his first day in the gym, clearly, you know, yeah, just yeah, do yeah. that. But his first day, like, all right, I want to get started for powerlifting. We're like, all right, let's find you some base numbers and push. And the four or five was easy. I just didn't want to, like, there's, we just needed a baseline to start right. him on. His first meet, he did like a 402, then a 424. And I think he missed like a 440 bench, you know. First meet. Yeah. And that, like, I think his first meet, he, Squatted like four something. He missed a five hundred one because of command. Like he missed because of like new mistakes, not because of lack of strength mistakes. Right, right, right. And then he pulled six hundred his first meet. You know, so like, damn. Um, I don't know that you have like genetic freaks like that, and uh, and those people like they're just going to be starting. Those are the people that like sometimes you just need to understand. Like if you are new to the sport, those people do exist. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people are just like. Oh yeah, you know, don't blame genetics, but like, just to be clear, genetics, genetics are play, real. Yeah, yeah they, they are play a real a huge thing. Part, and like, so is worth it. I mean, yeah, uh, you know, people look at. Oh man, there's a lot of people that look at like David or me, and you know, Devin. Like when we used to all train together, people, you know, literally just talk shit on us or about us, and yeah, then, yeah. then we'd come put out at meets, and then they'd kind of kind of shut them down. And then those guys would train with us or see us training, and be like, "Oh, y'all put in work." Yeah, we put in work. Like it's not like. Coming to the gym, hit a single. Yeah, I'm done. It's not that. Like it's you know, <clears throat> when when David started at Grant, I don't you know his volume is still volume work, but it's not like it was when he was weaker. You know when yeah. he could only squat. Well, when you start out, yeah, like, when he could squat 500, he was doing sets of 10 to 12. Sometimes you know now that he squats 700 pounds, he's doing sets of eight to 10 as like a as a high volume set for him. Yeah, um, and that's something like too is I think you're like specifically really good at like uh, being able like. I mean, basically what it is, is RPE, even if you don't think about it like that, but like, you're really good at like seeing like, you know, your athlete move or, you know, feeling the weight yourself. And it seems like you have a good handle on like, all right, like, you know, they're looking good this week. We're going to push it. And you're not afraid to like, I, th I think a lot of coaches and a lot of athletes sometimes they're super afraid to like, okay, like the program says this. So this is yeah. what we have to do. And oh, it's like no. some days yeah. like, you know, if it's not feeling it, it's not feeling it. And then other days, like, you know, let's say. You you guys are training and Dave is feeling good or whatever and it's like all right well today's the day we're gonna yeah. go for this five twenty bench or whatever you know what I mean like and that's what that's what I love about training with people in person more so than like the online stuff granted online they send me videos and I can push it dial it bit back and forth but like you said like last week um, we made a somewhat aggressive 
it wasn't really aggressive jump. It was just I don't know. David had an off day, an off squat day. So yeah. this week I was like, we're not, we're not, we're not going up. Like we're gonna just get this. It, yeah. Like you know that was there. We're gonna get that before we progress. Everything else we made some pretty aggressive jumps on because um, everything moved great for him. Yeah. Or you know, but when you see something in person and you've just been around it for so long, like. I'll get new clients to start with me. They're like, oh, is this percentage based and stuff? Which I do do. Like, if I get someone that's new, yeah. they do a questionnaire. I get their maxes, th- three rep max, and you know, it is going to be percentage based at first. But like, if I see it, and I'm like, well, they're just they just haven't been doing work. You know, that's the question. You know, like, I'll gauge your work capacity through the first week, and then uh, with like usually start someone off at like 60 percent max. You know, yeah, um, and then then I'll kind of go from there. And sometimes the first few weeks are pretty aggressive, and legitimately, I tell people and. uh and I have people like generally most people, I would say at least two thirds of the people that start training with me within the first three weeks, a third of them will quit just because they're not used to it. And I yeah. have people that come into me. I had, uh, um, someone recently, uh, when I was living in Tuscaloosa, she came in and she was like, Oh, I'm used to volume. I hit six days a week. Like yeah, I yeah. hammer that shit. Like I go hard. I'm like, all right, well, you know, usually I start people out on four days a week and we work them into five. She's like, Oh no, I want five. I was like, all right, well, like, the way I start looking at things is because I don't do this for a living. I don't need the money. I do it because I enjoy doing it, and I'm going to get compensated some for my time. Yeah. So, you know, I'm like, all right, well, I'm, I look at myself as a facilitator. Like, I facilitate your training. I lay out a plan, but whether you follow it or not, that's up to no, you. I can't do that. Like, yeah, I yeah. can't make you follow it. Like, I'm not going to beat you with a stick. Like, yep. I feel I some. Think, pe- I, I feel like some people quick, would use that. Like, I was just going to say, I, I think real quick, like that is definitely something. Like, quick sidebar is like, I feel like sometimes. You know, athletes think that you're just going to, like, sit there and, like, ah, back to it, ah, back to it. Like, if you're interested in that, that's called one-on-one personal training, and that's yeah. much, much, much more expensive than yeah. just programming. Yeah. Because, And I think, you know, also another thing to note is that, like, programming from someone like myself or Gary that's going to, like, actually take a look at your videos, actually take a look at how you move, actually take a look at your setup – and, you know, customize that program to you, that's much different than like just purchasing a program online or just following a generic program. I think for some uh, newer lifters, that's going to be just fine. Um, but even for a newer lifter, I'm going to tell you right now, if you get with someone like Gary or myself, like you're going to progress like tons faster. We just had, I just had a couple new clients who joined our gym and they're like, yeah, you know, I got this I want to be able to squat 315. I want to be able to bench 225 and like deadlift 315. And like, that's their goals. And this is yeah. like a, a dude. And I'm just like, uh, okay. I'm like, well, where are you at? So like, I, I see this person's, you know, already squatting like two plates plus for reps and like benching very close to two plates and then deadlifting like almost three, like week one. And I'm just like, yeah, we're going to do that in like a month. And they're like, oh no, like, I don't, I don't think so. I've been trying to do that for years. I'm like, okay. And like literally that dude trained with me or, you know, just the first four weeks, which is like kind of higher rep yeah. stuff in our program. And he literally was hitting 315 for reps and more, 225. I think it was around 225 for bench. And then deadlift, I think he got up to 365 in yeah. four weeks. Just because like a lot of people, you just have never, like you said, experienced that kind of volume. Yeah. And your body's going to adapt. Like it's, it's going to be like, oh shit, like I got to recover from this quick. Yeah. And like, you know, a, a lot of people will make, a, if they can stick with it yeah. and not quit, they're going to make a lot of progress very quick. And that, at least for me, that's kind of like what gets people like hooked in. Like, yeah. they're like, all right, like that's fucking cool. Like I just, I couldn't do that for years and now I can. Yeah. You got people that, you know, go in the gym and they think, oh, I'm in the gym two or three hours. You know, like I told this specific woman, it was like, just 
you know, time isn't quality. Like that doesn't yep. matter. Like it doesn't matter how long you're in the time. Doesn't yeah, matter. You can be in the gym for 10 hours. That doesn't mean you're doing any type yeah. of real work. Um, yeah. Or, or you get people sometimes they're like, Oh, I've been working out for 10 years, you know, but I'm not able to, to, to squat 315. I just can't do it. I just yeah. know I can. It's like, no, you just don't know how to, yeah. like, I know how to, you already know how to work out. Great. Let's put those two together and see what we can do. Um, something that I think that we both agree on is definitely like progression and like mastering the big three. Like, like this is what I've talked about this in other podcasts. I think I talked about it last week. Squat, bench, and deadlift are pretty fucking easy. Yeah. Like movements for body mechanic movements. I can teach a five-year-old how to squat, bench, deadlift. I could teach a 95-year-old how to squat, bench, deadlift. Now, it might look a little different. Obviously, like people, everyone's at different spots. And of course, if you're going to compete in powerlifting, then there are standards you need to meet. But like those movements should be mastered or at least have some sort of like, maybe not mastery, but like some level of mastery and comprehension prior to like moving on. Like I feel like a lot of people early on, and this is just me, and I know that there are certain training styles that like do promote more of this and that's just not my style. And that's just the fact that you're you're adding like, let's add these bands and this like chains and this and this and this and this when like, can you back squat regularly? Yeah. Oh, well no, no, but it's okay. It's like, well, (laughs) like, you know, like there's definitely a place for adding in different like variations. We'll just call it. But like, I feel like a lot of people just need to like take a step back, master, like get the squat under your belt, get the bench under your belt. Get the deadlift on your belt. Okay, you you understand those? Then let's go ahead and add in these different variations. Because yeah. in the beginning, you don't need those to progress. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, squat, bench, deadlift, like anyone can do them. Like you're born with the national functions doing it. Anyone can sit on a toilet. Yep. Any, anyone can pick something up off the ground. I mean, you got people that say, oh, I can't deadlift, but they go out and bend over and pick up a newspaper. Okay, well, is that just, just adjusting the movement? Yeah. Like, you know, it's, yeah. it's basic mechanics that your body is able to do. You just got to you know, apply a little bit of pressure here and there and change yep. some mechanics and anyone can do it. Um, but like you said, like as far as variations, bands, chains and stuff, like I believe bands and chains have their places. Like uh, yep. I've run, I started out conjugate, mm-hmm. you know, I'm certified Westside barbell stuff. Um, I think a lot of, a lot of the stuff that they do, like conjugate does for like training athletes and things is really practical. And it's actually like stupid smart, you know, yes. like some of the principles they have is like, especially for it's like athletes. when you, when you hear it or see it, you're like, well, that's so dumb. Why? Like who didn't think of that? Yeah. But I didn't realize it until I did, you know, sell this. So I think it applies to athletes training around injuries. I think it's an amazing uh, tool. Um, yeah. But as far as like adding accommodated resistance, you know, like, you know, that's no, that that's like my thought process on like the hip circles, people squatting with them. Okay. Well, if you have the problem with your knees caving, it's because of something, glutes, hips, like something's not yep. firing or something's weak, and there's better places to strengthen it than under load. Yep. And then yep. to add something that literally is designed to pull your knees in, when like that's a problem you already have, and then put load on your back, Yep. the concept of that makes zero sense to me. I'd um, agree. But I think- like adding the variation of the bars, like you're saying, like, you know, nothing emulates... Like, you know, I like to, I train with uh, the Mars bar or the Yukon bar right now, but I've been doing this 10 years or David, hell, he's only been doing this four years, but he's at a level, level. you know, like I said, he's, you know, at a very high level and he like, even for volume work, his volume work has done it in intensity that most people can't do a single rep at, you know? So it's, it's, it's different. So, and and we're bigger guys and no matter how much we do mobility, we're still going to lack mobility of a 190 pound person. Like we're yep. not going to be able to maintain, never get to the function of where I can stretch like a, you know, 
180, 190 pound person. So that just alleviates some of the pain and pressure that's applied to joints for us and allows us to train at that higher intensity and volume. Um, and see also like, even though Dave's only been doing it, like he hasn't been doing it as long as you, he has been doing it long enough and he has been training at a high enough intensity to already, he's already put in his 10,000 hours, so yeah. to speak on the regular squat bench and deadlift. Yeah. So now to find, to seek out other variations, like we ordered, we got waiting on that transformer bar. If anyone's from Kabuki is listening, please ship my transformer bar. <laughs> Um, but you know, like at, we only ordered that after, like, we've already been doing this for a little bit, like to where it's like, okay, like this is how I squat. Like I could, I could set up for a squat. I'm sure you're the same. I could set up a squat, like blindfolded, like half asleep. And I'm going to like squat the same as if I go to squat 500 pounds. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm going to set up for a deadlift. Like I can set up for the deadlift right here with no bar and then set up with a bar and it's going to look the same. Yeah. And I think that is the key thing. I guess that kind of the point I'm trying to make is like when people like you haven't even got to that point yet and you're already adding in things you're confusing your body you can't even you don't even like understand what yeah. a regular squat is for people like you and david what the thing is is we've talked about this as well as is like as you get closer to the peak of your personal which is different for everyone but your personal like fitness level or strength level then you do need uh different variations yeah. of things to stimulate growth because at this point your body's like yeah, bro. Uh, I'm not gonna grow anymore from this squat. Like, fuck you. Just yeah. like leave me alone. Well, I don't. I don't necessarily believe that you will. You will quit gl- growing from just using doing a barbell movement forever. Yeah. I just think you have to change the way in which you do it. So if yes. you're, you know, if you train for five years in a row and you're doing, you know, four sets of twelve, then ten, then eight, and then you like peak out your strength blocks running three to six reps, and then you know you're peaking four reps or under. Like if you do that continuously for, for five, five or six years your body's going to get used to it so then you got to add like hit volume a different way you know do 10 sets of three with one minute rest or 30 seconds or you know something like that Switching like change it up. it up to you know do it that way yeah i mean there's really you can really only peak one way though like peaking's peaking that's peaking's the way peaking, it is and that's um, something to talk about too i think a lot of people especially people that are doing either they're like programming for themselves and they don't have like the, like you know they're, they're just writing up little workouts or the people that are following these online programs, they're not getting like the amount of, they're not even getting peaked at all. And like for just a quick explanation. So like peaking basically is this, you're working so hard, you're, you're piling on work, 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 work on your body. And then you're very strategically removing that work. So your body still thinks it's similar to like a water cut. Your body still thinks it needs to recover from all that. And now you're like super recovered basically. So like, you're slowly reducing that work and that intensity as you get closer to that meet day. And now your body's, but your body's still recovering. Like yeah. it's like needing to recover from all that hard training. And then you come out meet day and you're ready to fucking crush it. And I think a lot of people, they're just like training, take a week off, go. And like, there's a difference between <laughs> just like training, training, training. And then like, all right, I guess it's a couple of weeks before the meet. I guess I'll just stop. And you, you stop. And after you've done like sets of five, like, when you're close to that meat, your intensity needs to be so high. Like, at least for me, like, I, I literally notice my cardio goes so low, like, to where I'm, like, I'll walk upstairs, and I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, my fitness is way down low, and my, like, intensity is, like, through the roof. Like, yeah, it's just, like, like... My cardio will be so low by the time I get through with the peaking phase yeah. that after a meet, I have to literally work back in 
to volume work because I can't just jump back in at yeah. twelve. I have to like be like, all right, let me let me see how a triple fills, yeah. and then a, then a, then a six, and then you know I literally spend like three or four weeks getting back my work capacity to where I can train again. Yeah. Like it's a uh, it's almost a it's a process, but but that's how you know, in my opinion, that you've done your peaking correct. You know what I mean? Like I think like you should feel like. Like even some of my athletes, like I put them, so I have a little reload week and then I do just set them into sets of 10 or eight or something like that. But these people are all like, uh, you know, beginners. They're just starting out. Yeah. I mean, the newer you are and like, you can handle a little more volume. And of course, the younger you are, the newer you are, of course, whether you're male or female, things like that. And then of course, you know, how strong you are has a lot to do with it too. You know, well, that's the truth too. I mean, like actually even, uh, I didn't have this plan, but just like me and Liz were talking about this. So like now that we're both like reaching into like kind of a different level of strength than we, neither of either of us have been like, uh, for me, it's just more of, and you've always told me this, like weight is weight, like 600 pounds, 600 pounds. Like, you know what I mean? Like you gotta, like, there's a certain amount of like respect for like bigger weights that like, I don't think people have, I would be people. I just now I'm like realizing like, Oh shit. Like, like, Oh yeah. 500 is my, my PR. Like, that's the same as UPRing like seven hundred. It's like no, yeah. like like when you get into these like higher weights, like when I'm two hundred pounds lifting six hundred plus pounds, so that's three times my body weight on a deadlift. Like it's gonna take me a little bit longer than like you know when I was deadlifting four hundred. Yeah, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna deadlift four hundred twice a week. Like if I tried to deadlift after that meet that I just did like today, I would probably just die. You know what I mean? Like and it just takes a lot. Like it takes a little bit longer i feel like to recover yeah like as you're getting stronger especially like just like you're saying just bigger weights take longer for your body to recover and i think that's something like you're talking about changing stimulus like that's something for me personally like i've always done my strength is around usually five to six reps and then i move it down into like threes and i move it down into twos and ones and i'm gonna tell you this this is the first time it's funny you said that like me and Liz already talked about doing, I'm pretty sure for my next strength block moving in this February meet, I'm going to do, uh, threes, like more, more sets of just like threes yeah. at a little bit higher intensity because I just don't like volume for like fives at a percentage that I would consider like to build strength would just, I'm pretty sure crush my soul, yeah, yeah. especially this close to a meet. Now, if I was doing a meet like, you know, next, next December, that's a different story. But like doing a meet in February, is only whatever, 12 weeks yeah. away. Like I'm pretty sure I might die. <laughs> like if I if I were to do you know like five sets of five or three sets of five Absolutely, or something yeah. like a higher percentage, like that's just that's not going to work. Even like you know we say peaking's peaking, but you know speaking on that and you know the way I see a lot of people and I don't know why I don't know when it became popular. You know like the RPEs kind of picking up, but like everyone doing these SPD days, yeah. Like so, you know. I don't understand that concept because if I went there in an SPD day, let me grab a calculator, but let's say, let's say for someone like David, I was like, Oh, let's do you a, a light SPD day. Well, he's got a 700 squat. So I hit him with a 70%. Well, that's 490. Yep. And then let's, you know, he's got a 523 bench hit him with that. That's 366. So we're at 490 plus 366. His deadlift's the same. So another 490. Well, that's a 1400 total day for him almost. It's a 1350, a you know? So that's most people's like gold total. And this dude, you know, that like, so yeah. for someone like David or me, like we're not going to be able to produce SPD days, you yep. know? So, and I think also like, so actually in going off the SPD day. So today I was going to take a whole week off of lifting, but that only lasted a day because I got bored. So today I was like, 
at first I started out, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna do a little like light SPD day. And then literally kind of what you said, like, especially for me with that, the deadlift, like that just takes a lot longer for me yeah. to recover than it used to. So I started out squats and they felt pretty good. I hit around a little bit less than 60% for a triple. Like you said, just yeah. easing back into it and it felt pretty good. And then, you know, I did some bench and I finished bench and this just, this is another thing that I think people need to like focus on is like, listen to your fucking body. It's smart. So like I finished bench and I was like thinking about that thing. I'm like, you know, I don't think like, you know, things still feel a little sore, especially in my back. Like, you know, it doesn't really feel like totally recovered yet. So I'm just like, you know what? Squat bench is good today. And like, uh, you know, I think especially frequency on deadlift like people train deadlift so often sometimes yeah, I don't and I'm just that, like, yeah. I don't get that either. Like, I feel like deadlift, you should train once a week, maybe twice. If your skill level and like you're, you're maybe a little bit lower skill level, still trying to develop your deadlift. I could see where a second deadlift day at a very light percentage yeah, just to could reinforce, be, yeah. yeah, to reinforce the skill, but that is not to like get stronger or anything like that. Um, something, something else I want to talk about that I think you do really well and that I have like even learned from you is like uh, I was wanting to caveat yeah, on like the listen to your body thing, like you're saying. Um, some people call it auto regulation or whatever. Like yeah, yeah. even if you have a coach, like me as a coach, I cannot tell an athlete mm. how he feels. Truth. So that's a big thing. Is like don't be like, oh well, you know, I pay a coach. He says this. I should be able to do this today. Well, that I mean that's not true. I don't. You know, like I do. Like you know, I had Levante. You know, 1940 drug tested total. Like. But Stupid programming strong. him was different because he had a physically intense job. Like he moved furniture for a living. So he would do that for eight or 10 hours a day and then he would train. And then come into the gym. Or he'd yeah. train early morning. So yeah, I'd do that. But I had to communicate with Levante very well about, you know, I kind of had an idea when he was training. So I tried to be free to where if he messaged me, he was like, hey, this ain't feeling good. You know, I'd be like, send me videos right away and be like, hey, man, let's dial it back. Yeah, which is something that's hard to do in person. But if you don't have communication lines with a coach like that online, then that coach probably isn't for you. Yeah, um, if they can't help you with that, or if you're not, because if you're not able to do that yourself, like um, David has trained with me for so long since he got into powerlifting until now, so it was nothing. We were training last week. He's hitting squats. He hits a set and he said, "It ain't there today. Ain't feeling right. Yeah. I'm not gonna do it." Who am I to tell him? Oh no, you need to do it. I wrote it out. Fuck yep. no, like I don't know how he feels. Like you got to be good about calling your body and knowing how you feel, even if you pay a coach. And if you pay a coach and he tells you just suck it up and get it done, it's probably not. Well, that's probably coach. not probably not yep. the right answer. Um, and like because no one knows how you feel but you. Exactly. And then I think also so like uh, you know when you when you're training you have to be like you said you have to be like. Uh, conscious of where your body's at i think learning i think and i don't think everyone's going to do this day one but i think learning the difference between i'm hurt and this hurts yes, yeah, is yeah. a big ass difference yep. because i think some people it's just this hurts and they're like oh yeah Nate, you know i don't know about this and it's like okay well like you know do you have this like is this like a pain that like you have every single day yes have you gotten it checked out yes does the doctor said you're fine yes okay well then I got nothing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm not a doctor. Like, yeah. it sounds like this is just going to hurt and like, it's time to get after yeah. it. You know what I mean? And I think sometimes like when people, you know, when people don't, like you said, they put too much, too much of the responsibility on the coach for like their own, like we as coaches, no matter how like good of a coach you are, in my opinion, unless I am watching every single movement you make. So like you step in the gym, you start warming up, I'm watching you. And then all the way up to 500 and then you're like, 
hey, how does it look? Maybe then I'll have a good idea. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you, you and I both, like we've been watching people move for like almost 10 years, over 10 years. So like, you know, if, if I was to watch someone from start to finish, I might be able to get a pretty accurate read on how they're feeling like inside. Yeah. But like without doing that, which let's be real, like no one, like you don't have the time in the day to do, just sit and watch someone for like two hours yep. at, a, at a clip. So like, unless I'm not doing, unless I'm doing that, it, there is some responsibility that lies on the athlete, like you're saying to communicate and just say, and then you as a coach got to trust your athlete where it's like, Hey, you know what? Like you said with David, like squats aren't feeling it today. All right. No problem, man. We'll just work around that. We'll hit yeah. it. Like, and it's your responsibility as a coach to then like adjust and move yeah. on. Um, but yeah, what I was going to say is like, I think you're like one of the things that sets you apart as a coach and an athlete. And like I said, also something that I've watched you do and like learn from you is like your game day mentality, so to speak, or meet day is really good. So I've talked to you before about this and you're just like pretty much any meet you go to, at least in my knowledge, you're just like going in to win, period. Like regardless yeah. of like competition. And I mean, obviously, you know, if there's some dude signed up that's squatting 900, pulling 900, like that's a different story. But for the most part, I mean, even, even with that, like the mentality <clears throat> is like if someone signs up, um, like for instance, like uh, David out squats and out bench presses me. Yeah, and there's not a time that you know that's that's locally that's my competition is David, someone yeah, yeah, that yeah. I created to compete with me. Yep. Um, so literally, we do been in the bar. He out squats me. He out benches me. But I still have the mentality is no matter how my second moves, I'm loading a third attempt to pull for the win. Yep. <laughs> like so. And I uh, think that's awesome. I think. I think that that, and the next thing I was going to say is I think that that is like, in a nutshell, is confidence. And I think confidence is a huge, powerful tool in one for you as the athlete. Like, you know, you're coming in, you're like, I'm here to hit uh, whatever it takes to win. You know what I mean? Like, all right, like I hit 500 and, you know, I need a 550 squat and that's going to put me ahead of so-and-so. Then I guess I'm going to put this, you know, if I got it, I'm putting the 550 on and we're going to go for it. And I think it helps you. And it also, in my opinion, breaks your competition. So like when other, when you come in like that and you're in the warm up room and you're just, you know, what do you, what are you deadlifting? Well, I'm opening at 700 and then, you know, we'll just see from there, whatever I need for the day. Yeah. And then you got someone who's maybe going to try 700 for the first time. They're immediately, their first reaction, they're going to be like, oh shit. Like this is like, and that's not to say like, I don't not go in with a plan. Like I have a 10th throat out and I have a plan, but of course it's even like, uh, newbie's last competition um he was there i was helping i really didn't like train him for the meet or prepping for the meet i just came down to support him and we got there and then like we get into deadlifts not his lift um so he's like oh you pick what you think and i was like all right so we hit his opener we hit a second attempt and he had that one dude that was in a different weight because i don't look at weight classes as oh i'm gonna win i look at it as i want to win the whole fucking meet yeah yeah like legitimately my plan for being in a bar is me do one day, David do another and us take on bell lifters for both yeah. of them. Just clean sweep it. Um, we're not looking at, Oh, let's win the two seventy five or the two twenty yeah, yeah. class. Like you're like, what does it take uh, to win? The yeah. Entire thing? And I do the same with my athletes too. But so like when newbie, he pulled a second and I knew he had, you know, he'd already at this point, PR squat his bench. It was a little off that day, but he still had a good bench and we could have PR deadlift, but I, you know, like, he already had the total. He already had the records, the national records. He already had the total he wanted for the day. So we're pulling for the win. Like, yeah. you know, 661 was probably there. Yep. But 672 to win it, I am not going to do that. Like, yeah. if I'm coaching you and you have, you know, I know you have 661 in it, then I'm going to load 672 on the bar for the win and tell you, 
nut up. Like it's yep. time to go, you know, like, yep. um, and I think, like I said, I think, that's but your, I, and I do the same, sorry, I do the no, same when I'm going. coaching athletes. I had Levante and Devin, uh, two Decembers ago did the black sheep meet. Yep. They were in the same weight class. Levante out total Devin, but Devin won best lifter and got second place in the weight class. Cause I put what Devin needed on the bar to pull to beat him by Wilkes. Yeah. Um, Devin was actually pulling before Levante too. So I put something on the bar that Devin needed to jump ahead of Levante. And I put what Levante needed to beat that jump Devin was going to do. So I lined them both up to where they made third attempt. So it was, it's on you. you Yeah, exactly. You got to make it happen. Devin got his, Levante didn't, Devin won. (laughs) You know, that's just uh, the way it works. Um, Yeah. Like I'm not, but like the meat day mentality for me isn't like every other lifter. Like you see me in a meet. Uh, I will help other lifters. I'll talk to people. I'm usually joking around most of the time. Right. And literally I'll just like flip a switch right before I go on the platform. They call, they fucking, you know, I'm on deck. Then it's, then it's my time. Then, go, then yeah. I flip it, get a little amp I need. And I go on a lift. Cause you know, I legitimately do this cause I love doing it. I love being strong. I've worked really hard to get to where I'm at. Yeah. Um, even though, you know, I have people even just meet that I jumped into this last weekend randomly, you know, I, I tripled six thirty five on Thursday, bench Friday morning, set up the meet Friday night. Yeah, showed up Friday morning. David bought me some gear and I delved into meet. You know, yep. I knew I wasn't going to pull a PR. I'm nowhere near going to pull a PR, but I still did it. It was still fun because you like competing. Yeah, and that's uh, the same. Like that's the same as me. Like I just enjoy competing. I know. I mean, for those of you, most everyone who listens to the podcast knows Liz. Liz is like way fucking stronger than me as far as like by Wilkes or Dots or whatever. Like she has definitely a more competitive lifter than me. But like I'm gonna tell you this, like I just love going and competing. Like if I could if my body could handle it, I compete every fucking yeah. weekend. Like I enjoy like I like the crowd, I like the energy, I like just like going up and showing out in front of people. Like I just enjoy that. And like you said, I put in a fucking lot of work to be as strong as I am and I'm continuing to put in yeah. work. So like it's cool to show people like I don't know like I just enjoy it and I think I think that's another thing is like I think sometimes like people like get they take it like so so seriously and it's like at the end of the day like you're out here lifting weights in front of other people you know what I mean you know the way like, I, the way I put it people is at the end of the day you're paying to live like you pay yeah, for a gym membership yeah. you pay to do a meet you pay for you, all this gear to like, yeah work so out like. And- it's it legitimately is like I've won some money and some meats, but it is by far not paid for itself no. ever. You know, yeah, yeah, like yeah. that's just not how it works. And nope, you're paying to do it, so you can't. You, know, you see lifters that are like I talk to lifters like, oh, well, I want to do a meat, but I want to get so strong to do it. And I'm like, well, I told eleven seventy five on my first meet. You know, like yeah. that's cool if you want to keep training, but that could be eight years from now until you're at yep. my level to jump into your first meet. Another so like I use myself as an example. So I want to go. My goal for 2021 is to go. To some big meet, whether it's like USBA Nationals, drug tested nationals, or one of those bigger meets that's popping up, like the showdown, stuff like that. Like, I just want to go to one of those meets. So, literally, like, my goal at the drug tested meet last year and then the one that I just did, the Iron Breed, was to just get a total so that I could go to those meets. Yeah. And I think sometimes, like, it's like, it's like oh, well, are you going to be, like, are you going to win? It's like, probably not. But I just want to go, like, I want to go surround myself with those lifters. I want to go, like, be on the platform with like the best of yeah. the best because that's what I want to do. You know what I mean? Like, am I going to get to a point where I'm like super competitive? Probably not. You know what I mean? Like maybe, but like I got a lot of other, like how many people are doing these meets and also running a gym, like owning a gym, you know what I mean? Like doing all the things. Like I understand that I'm doing a bunch of different things and like, I'm cool with like 
where I place is where I place. But like the point is, like you said, I'm not going to sit here and wait and like, yeah. all right, let me check open powerlifting next week yeah. and see if my total's competitive enough to go to like. Who and, cares? And what people don't realize is meat to meat decides what's competitive. Yeah, you know, like you never know. Like I, think- I, I could go to one of those. Like you, I never fucking know. I go to nationals, let's just say, and like. Who knows? Maybe the yeah. best, strongest dude shows like, up. A, you know, yeah, like no one shows up, and I win. Um, like, because I've had people say, like, "Oh, well, I want to, you know, <clears throat> I want to do meet, but I'm only here." It's like, okay, well, depending on what meet you do, that wins all day. You know, mm-hmm. like, but you yep. go do a meet like, you know, John Mickens meet Revolution Fitness in January. I went over there and got third place with a 1722 total in my weight class. Right. That's not even for me. I got third place in my weight class. Right. But that meet's been around. It's, it's competitive. You know, he's been USPA Mississippi since USPA Mississippi started. So that meet is the biggest meet in Mississippi. Like, period. Everyone that's strong goes there. Like, it doesn't, you know, like 18 to 2K to, to, to win it, depending on your body weight for best lifter. And, you know, like, like I said, I had a 1722 total and third place in my weight class, you know, like, yeah. And like like you're saying, like there's just some meets that are more competitive than others, and you never know, and you never really can know. Like all these people, it's like, oh, I'm gonna look them up on Instagram. Eh, like the person, here's the deal: the person that you, there's always gonna be one person, because uh, I used to do this, so I can tell you, like, there's always gonna be one person that you're gonna find on that roster that you can't find on the internet, absolutely, and you yeah. never fucking know whether that person. You might be like, yeah, I'm gonna smash this competition, and there could be one person that you can't find. That has a 1900 total, and they're just like this sleeper person, so to speak. And you show up meet day, and you're just like, "Well, shit." I guess you know what I mean. And in your brain, you could have been planning like, yeah. "Oh yeah, I got this. I got I, this in the bag." Me and Lauren drove to. I know I've told you the meet about the Houston the deadlift only thousand dollar money yep. meet, and like they sent the roster yep. out. <laughs> I looked everyone up on the roster. I was like, "I got this money I in the bag." Go one one k. There's like one or two people I couldn't find. I was like, "If I can't find them, I'm not worried about them because yep. it was open meet. You didn't have to have a qualifier. False. Like it was just a thousand dollar meet." I show up, cut to two forty two because my goal was to pull eight hundred. Is when my deadlift was on the roll. I was like, "I'm gonna pull eight hundred, break the world national record because it was at FedEx Expo, so we could break the world record." Yeah. The record was seven ninety nine. I was gonna chip eight hundred. The national world record, 242, deadlift, show up, getting Michael Ogdenburst. Never heard of him. Uh, I don't know why his meet wasn't posted, because he had done a meet. His first meet was the Kern U.S. Open, where he got third place. <laughs> um, I just didn't watch the Kern that year. Yeah. And, and, and this kid opened. We were both 242. I opened 711. He opened 804. And you're like, well. So when he opened 804, I knew he was 242. And I was yeah. like, bro, you just broke the world record. He looks me in the face, says, I don't break records by four pounds. So that's All when right. I knew I was in for a long day. Uh, I pulled, I, I, I can't remember, I went 744, 749. Really irrelevant, but I pulled a second attempt. He went 848 on a second. And then I came and sat down beside Lauren. She's like, oh, what are you doing? I said, I'm not pulling a third. She said, why not? I said, well, we got to drive seven hours or more, and I lost. She was like, what do you mean? I said, that kid had pulled 848 in my weight class. <laughs> he goes on to pull 881 for the day. <laughs> uh, but, and yeah, you, I mean, and, and, if you're just like waiting said, or if you think you're going to win every meet, like. Good luck. <laughs> I mean, good luck. Like, there's some meets you can win, and there's some you can't. Like, honestly, like, I feel locally in the panhandle, um, as far as 275ers go, Unless me and David are in the same meet, yeah. I have no competition. Yeah. And he feels it like he wants to compete against me. I want to compete. And we train together. You yeah. know? So it's like, um, you know, when, when David's doing a meet and when I'm coaching them, like, I've got my athletes to a point now to when, when I show up to meets, I'm expecting best lifter or nothing. You know? Like, yep. we're going all out. And, and then with that, even if you know they're going to beat you, like, you know you're going to lose. Like, 
there's no one that I know, that I can think of that would sign up for a drug test and meet locally and see David on the roster and think, oh, I'm about to go in here and beat him because he has a 1,900 pound total. Yeah. You know, like no one can legit. I mean, they can. That's a good mentality I mean, I, to have. The mentality to have is I'm going to go and I'm going to give it my damnedest. Like yeah. that's a good mentality, but logically, probably not yeah. going to happen. But you know, who's to say he don't pull a peg? Yeah, miss a bench. Never know. You know, like. Well, that, I you mean, know, shit still happens, you know? Like, yeah, uh, and I think, I think having, like like you're saying, like having that mentality where you're going in, you're going in to win, regardless of the situation, I think that is key. And I think that's missing a lot of times yeah. these days. I think well, it's I'm, like... I'm not bashing the, the, I want to be a better version of me. Like, yeah, I understand that concept. And I understand people say, oh, I lift because I want to be better me, better me. Okay, that's great. But it is a and competition. And I do want to be a better me too. But yeah, it is a competition. Like yeah. no one is playing professional football saying, oh, I just want to be a better football player <laughs> yeah. today. Exactly. No, you want to be the best fucking football player yep. today because you want that money. And actually, We're not even doing it for money. So if you're just like, if you just want to be a better version, you can stay the fuck in the gym. Like who cares then? You know, like, I, I agree. Dude. I'm not saying you have to be a power lifter to lift in a gym. I'm just saying if you want to do a competition, then yeah. be competitive yeah. and have that mentality that I want to win the competition. Like you don't sign up. I don't know anyone that's a a pro athlete yeah. that says, "Oh, I just I just kind of want to be a better version of me." Not that he doesn't want to go out yeah, and be competitive, be like, or you end up a meme on the internet yep. if you do it professionally. Like, yep. so you know, well, I think I think I mean speaking from me, so like I'm not yet at a spot where I can be. I mean, like you said, depending on the meet, maybe I could win best lifter, but like I'm not at a spot where I can be like, "All right, I got a 1900 pound total. This is extremely competitive." You know what I mean? Like. Good luck, anyone trying to yeah. beat me. But I'll tell you this, and I mean, you saw this this past weekend. Did I not just go into that meet like I'm gonna fucking beat everybody? Yeah. Did I? No. But like, you know what I mean? Like in my brain, when I'm going on there, like meet day, I'm going to smoke everyone. Yeah. And like, I think that being competitive and like, you know, it's still like I'm not being illogical. I think some people like it's like, oh well, like Nate, obviously Gary's there and he's gonna deadlift 800. You're not gonna beat him. It's like, I mean, you're not wrong. He has, you know, he has 800 pound deadlift, but you also don't know. Yeah. Like. Who I knows? Pull, pull a hamstring yeah, warming up. <laughs> pull, yeah, you never know. And I think that is the biggest thing is that, and here's the deal, and this is the key thing. If you don't go into game day with that mentality of I'm going to beat everyone, if that does happen, so like let's just say someone does pull a hamstring or whatever, you are not going to be fucking ready to go for that win. Yeah. And that's the key is that if you are, so like if you're already there, like, yeah, I'm coming in to win and something happens and the lane opens up for you to take the lead, then you're going to be ready. You're boom. You're taking the lead. If the lane opens up and you're just sitting there like uh, uh, not uh, ready uh, for it, yeah, yeah. then you're, you're fucked. Not, like the time uh, is over and you're done. Since since you know Trash Panda Tactical gave me my gift and it has a trash talker sticker in here. There you go. I'll, I'll fire up some trash talk. Mm-hmm. That happened this weekend to you. I'm yep. gonna say it like you went this into the meet and someone was at the meet in your weight class and they weren't expecting you to be aggressive as you were. Yep. And then when you were aggressive, they got fucking scared and pushed out of a meet. Yep. Like there's not a meet if I pay for a fucking meet. And you see people do it all the time. They get hurt and pull a token lift. Like, I'm still putting a total up. I mean, dude. Or I'm pulling. Like, there's no, like, there's no mentality of which I'm doing something. And I'm like, oh, I'm feeling off. Like, if I'm in the meet, yeah. like, I already paid my dues. So that's when I will get hurt. Like, yeah. I will get hurt to do what I got to do I mean, meet that's, day. Like, that's everyone's. I had that deadlift. I hit the, so I went for a pretty aggressive jump, I will admit, on a second attempt. Because that's what, it, it accomplished both my goals. Which was to get a fifteen hundred total and to deadlift six hundred plus in a meet. And the six thirty nine attempt that I went for accomplished both those goals in one hit. Unfortunately, it didn't go my way. 
uh, you know, I got called for downward motion, but I'll be damned. So like, I, that was my second attempt. I'll be damned if I don't try it again. You yeah. know what I mean? Like Liz is like, all right, you ready? I'm just like, all right, like, give me a sec. And like, I went out there and I mean, it didn't, it, I broke a few plates off the floor, but like, you yeah. know, I was cooked, but like, and I could have easily just like turned to Liz and been like, nah, like I'm done for the day. But like, like you said, if I signed up, you're paying to go to the meeting. Yeah. Like you said, you're paying for your nine you attempts. You already paid the dudes. So like, like you coming to me? If I'm paying for nine attempts, I'm going to take nine fucking attempts. Yeah. And like, you know, like I said, the third one didn't even move. So, you know, whatever. But like, point being, like, at least I'm at, like, you never know. Your body might, who yeah. the fuck knows? I have, I might have like all the experience in the world and like be like, no, my body doesn't have it. I mean, this has happened to me before in training. Like, I'm like, I don't, I can't do that. And like, I'll literally think I'm just like, mm, I don't know about this today. And then your body will just be like, nah, you got like, you yeah, know, it'll show out for you. That's so you, legitimately, you legitimately happened to me the first time I did King of the Beach is there was a guy there out benched me. Yeah, and he was sticking me. with me on pulls. And I turned, uh, I pulled after him. So he turned an attempt, but they were going by USPA rules. So then I turned in a big attempt and he jumped his attempt. So when he jumped his attempt to try to beat me, um, we were both 242s at the time, I think. Yeah. I don't remember. I, I don't remember what weight class. But either way, we were in the same weight class and everything. And he needed a seven <laughs> seven forty five. To beat me because he he outbenched me, and I needed a seven sixty five to beat his seven forty five because he had outbenched me. Right. So we turn him in. He goes and misses, and like I had never pulled anywhere close to seven sixty five. I think my best pull at yeah. the time was like a seven twenty two. Yeah, yeah. Um. So then I turned in that seven sixty five. Well, of course, when he missed, I was like, I don't need this to win. I tried to drop it. They wouldn't let me. Yeah, uh, I was going to drop it to what he had on the bar and give seven forty five, which would have still been a PR at the time for me. Right. Um, but the you know the guy hosting the meet didn't know the rules very well, um, so he didn't let me do that. So that pissed me off, and I went up there and smoke showed seven sixty five. I've never pulled it since, but that day, just being in that environment around those people, a little pissed off by the person running it, I pulled a seven sixty five. You know. Yep. And you know, I think, I think that uh, like like you said coming in and being ready for meet day is definitely like a key thing. I think, uh, putting, putting in, like you said, like attempts, like even though that jump ended up not working out for me that day, it put everyone in that flight on blast, dude. Like I went from middle of the pack deadlift was my opener every single, I don't know if you noticed this, yeah, but it was, cool. Second it was last, cool for yeah. me. No, I was the last person in that flight. So like I went from middle of the pack to my, on my second attempt, I was the last person. And then on the third attempt, I think four other dudes I'll pick 290 to match my yeah. pull. And like like I said, I know I didn't count, but it was kind of cool. I I did pull, I did lock out 639 and not a single other person yeah. like that day. Yeah, you locked out, out the first time. So man. like, yeah, so the point being like you never and I didn't really know if I could do that, but like the point is, it's meat day. Like uh try and like uh actually put out on meat day. Like it, you need to make sure like you are there to get after it on meat day because like you said, like it kind of like it, it's it sometimes scares like your competitors. They're just like, what the fuck? This dude's actually yeah. doing this. And then like they go to do it. They're just like, I don't I can't do this today. Like, you know what I mean? So you can really like change like there's a big mental game in powerlifting and in, comp- in competing in general that I feel like is sometimes like missed out. on. Yeah. And that's like you say, people checking the Instagram and stuff that had happened to you. That Zach kid had checked your Instagram and you hadn't hit close to the numbers you hit at the meet. And he matched you. When you did the 523 squat, he did it. You yep. hit it, he didn't. Yep. Then bench, you know, you made that jump to 
363. He made that jump. Like, yep. So it was just like, and then going to the deadlift, I think, I think he I realized he wasn't going to make them jumps. <laughs> like, he was like, fuck this, I'm done, you know, yep. and pulled out. And that's, you know, I think the same people that had this, it's funny because most of the people that are like, oh, I just want to be a better version of me are the same people that buy matching outfits for me day <laughs> that, you know, say they're going to war. Yep. But then they ain't We're at war because you die at war, you know? Yeah. Like, one, it's not the same. But, okay, if you want to compare it to I that, then that come shit. in there with that mentality that you're going to fucking kill everybody, yep. like, and win the meet. Yeah. Um, and I, th- I think that's that's kind of like what we were talking about earlier, which I just, like, I just hate. Like, people just need to, like... If you just like calm down and fucking had fun, you'd probably enjoy yourself a little bit more. Yeah. And then also, you're going to be able to attack. Here's the deal. You can't be attacking. The meets are like eight hours. Yeah. Whatever. You can't be on attack mode all eight yeah, hours. No, no. You need to be like, for this past meet, when I was working with, like, you saw me, like, so I'd seamlessly go from, I was helping Liz warm up. I didn't even have my stuff. Like, people are like, oh, are you competing? Like, I literally had three or four people that are like, are you competing today? Because I had like my sweats and yeah. my sweatshirt on. And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, oh, I thought you pulled out. I'm like, no, I was like, I'm just waiting for yeah. my turn. You know what I mean? And then, you know, Liz would finish up her lift and I'm like, all right, time to go warm up. And I, you know, flip the switch, headphones are in, I'm yep. time to warm up, I'm ready to go. And like, you know, I think being like that, where you're very like, when you're, you're very violent in like your actual execution yeah. is key. Like when people are just like, sort of, uh, I'm sort of executing. Like, no, no. Like when you're going to like hit a maximal effort lift, when you're warming up for that, every warm up needs to be precise. Every like opening second third attempt needs to be precise you know yeah. what i mean i knew now i mean i did i did not realize that 639 was going to take that much out of me but i knew i had that 639 pull you know what i mean like 100 yeah. percent. like that jump was not like some random jump like i my plan was 628 i was feeling pretty good so i decided to bump it up a little bit and just do that all, all at once yeah. yeah exactly and you know like i said didn't play out for me but i knew in my like like in my head, like I was like, I definitely have yeah. this, and I was, you know, and the, I mean, I think it was a good, good attempt selection because, like you said, like you were feeling good, and why that secured your third? goal. Yeah. So why go with six twenty eight and miss your goal yep. by eleven pounds? Exactly, because then you know whether you pulled six thirty nine, you pulled it once, you couldn't pull it again, and that was the same weight. So eleven pounds less, you would have jumped, you would still missed yeah. third attempt regardless. Exactly. So why not get your goal on your exactly. second? Exactly. Um, um, all right, well, um, that's all the time we got for today, so we're going to go ahead and wrap it up, you guys. Uh, thanks so much, Gary, for being on the podcast. I'm sure uh, we'll have you on again. We have all the things to talk about. Um, make sure you guys are subscribing to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen to your podcast. We are on there, you guys. If you don't listen to your podcast anywhere, head to FortisFitnessStudio.com. We have a little podcast tab, and there's a link where you can listen to it right there on the webpage. So, um, that's all we got. Thanks for coming on, man. We really appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. And, uh, you know, just caveat on what we're talking about with the war mentality, you know, me and David, Zebra Power Team, we're going to bring that and some women up there to uh, Ben in the Bar. So, yep. either bring it or lose it. That's the way it's going to be. <laughs> yep. Ben in the Bar is going to be good. We'll be bringing some people up there as well from Fortis. It's going to be a good day. I will see you guys next week for another episode of Fortis Worldwide. Peace. <laughs>